subreddits, right? Are yeah. You still there? I'm still here. Are you still with me? I'm familiar with subreddits. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you, but I have a feeling you can't hear Hello, me. Hello, my friend. Hello. Did I mute myself again? No. Don't hang up. Ah, there he goes. Wizard Opinions, episode whatever this is. Are we at episode 20? I think we're at episode 20. Maybe. I think I think, I think so, because I think I listened to the one where you guys did with Mark, and uh, I think you said 19. So, okay, yeah, so here we are, Wizard Opinions, episode 20. Uh, thank you for joining us. Alex was unfortunately not able to make it tonight, so it is a two-man, two-wizard podcast for uh, Kyle and I. Uh, yep. I'm here with Kyle Mathis. Kyle? Hello, How are you? world. <laughs> I'm good, man. You know, just uh, excited to talk about some space and yeah. Know. This is uh, this episode is a little different because uh, I put everyone on blast. I gave them some assignments that yep. uh, this week our job was to talk about space. Yeah, and I and and that's I have like one more thing we can talk about depending on how much time we have, but I definitely do want to talk about space. Oh yeah, sure. Well, Alex didn't. Alex is deadbeat, so we'll have a little more time to talk <laughs> about whatever you want. Yes, absolutely. Well, um, so you've been playing this game, and I'm gonna go ahead and say that you're son of a bitch because Aha. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. No, you put this this you you didn't mean to, but you put a bug in my brain. You don't want it. Yeah, but I do want it. <laughs> so you, you were just playing it. What are you talking about? Hey, man. Hey, you, you sound like a coke dealer. This this is like. the problem. This is why I am advising you not to take it because I've I've developed a serious problem that is worse because my wife is at a music teacher's convention this week. So yeah. I'm I'm here all alone with uh, just my bottle of Absolute and Elite Dangerous. So let's get into what Elite Dangerous is. Our topic that I put everybody on blast was space. And Elite Dangerous is a space simulation game where you have your little spaceship and the infinite void of space to go out and uh, make a legend of yourself. And boy, is it infinite. Boy, is it infinite. (laughs) They have an algorithm that kind of builds the Milky Way galaxy for you. So basically every star that is represented in the Milky Way galaxy, well, you know, as far as we know, it's a guesstimate. There's something like 400 billion different stars and solar systems that exist within this game. Uh, But because of the clever algorithms and things like that, everything is kind of just built as you go. Yes, procedural. It's procedural. And uh, it's an online, it's a massive multiplayer online game. So everybody who's playing the game is inside of the same world, going through the galaxy, moving from space station to space station, trading goods, being pirates, fighting each other, doing all that kind of really, really cool stuff. And it's become a, a, a real, real addiction for me. 
to the point where when I'm when I'm sitting at work and I have, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, well, I, I you know, I have a meeting at three. I'm not going to get anything done in the next 15 minutes. I'll go and I'll start making spreadsheets of what builds oh. I want to put in my shit. Like, how, like, oh, how can I fit a level four shield and a 16 slot cargo rack into this same ship? And I'll go and I'll figure out, I'll figure out the power needs and all this kind of like, I'm, I'm losing my mind. You know, that sounds dangerous. It's elite very dangerous. dangerous. <laughs> it's elite dangerous. Now, this is based on a very, very old game. Uh, 25 years old, I think. Yeah, uh, no, 35. For... Excuse me. It's 35 years old. Uh, the original Elite came out the year I was before I was born. Okay, so I don't know anything about prequels to this. So if you have a, like, a brief rundown of that... Hit me up with that because I don't I don't know about it. I know that I think I read somewhere that yeah it is like a, a sequel or something but I don't know anything about it's, it. It's the elite games are less sequels and more just uh, because they're less story they're not really story based they're more experiential. Sure. So in the same yeah. sense that this game doesn't really have a story you don't have a narrator or anyone who's telling you what to do or telling you how to control your ship or what buttons do what or <laughs> you're kind of thrown into the mix and you have to figure things out for yourself but. Elite was very advanced for its time. It was in 1984, and it was basically the same, exact same idea. You have this uh, procedurally built world in these old pixelated 1984 computer graphics on the BBC yeah. Micro, but oh, wow. you have uh, space stations you can go to, and the game was all about, uh, okay, you're in this world now. Uh, just figure out, do whatever you want to do. There's all these systems in place, so figure out what you want to do. If you want to be a trader, you can, you know, buy agricultural supplies and sell them to refineries and then take the metal and sell that back to the agricultural. You can become a pirate and uh, hijack ships that are delivering these goods. You can hunt other pirates for the government. And, I, I, you know, that was something I remember being really impressed with back at the time because this was ported to a Commodore 64. Oh, uh, that, that is where I played it. Yeah. Because... You were privileged. I was a little privileged. And I was amazed at the time because, uh, if you think about it, it's this is what's coming out now in 2015 is essentially the same game. Yeah, and, you know, I have so many thoughts on this game and the based on the idea that this game in a way existed long ago and existed now you know i've had a little bit of time with like space simulators and i gotta say they're unlike anything else and like i love them and uh in the world of pc gaming and gaming alone i've always been found myself kind of held back on the whole idea of buying a joystick to simulate the experience that way and i think it's always been because of maybe a graphic thing you know like I, I i said to myself like i get this joystick but the graphics aren't that great but i'm kind of around in the corner at this point where i've seen elite dangerous footage and i'm like uh it's so how would fantastic. i not use a joystick right it's, do you use a joystick yeah. or do you use i do you not do? i use a uh, okay. playstation 4 controller that's hooked up to my pc and wow, you, uh, does that work well like it works really well i mean See, I, I also played a lot of Colony Wars on the PlayStation 1, okay. which was a space... It was more arcadey, but it was kind of a space simulator. I played a lot of Warhawk, which was kind of the same... So I've I've done a lot of dual-stick flight simulator-type thingies. I played a lot of Ace Combat and stuff like that, so I'm just kind of used sure. to the idea of using a controller. Now, uh, I will say... People who are really experienced with a joystick can probably blow me out of the water. Yeah. But... uh. 
I'm pretty darn good with the game pads, with the game pad. So I kind of hold my own, and it's one of those things where I'm probably never going to put in the time into the game to be able to compete with those guys anyway. So, so it's it's not really worth it for me buy, yeah. buying a, a flight stick. I I don't think. You know, if I play this game, I don't really see myself being a uh, an ace. I think I would just enjoy the trading because well, it's that... just it's just that beautiful. It's that large. I think I would be very cool with that. So you've seen you've seen some videos. Yeah, I've I've, I've watched a bit of streaming and videos since you told me about it a few days ago. So to there, try to wrap my head around it. There is a moment in this game where when you're jumping. So he, basically, there's three modes in the game. There's normal space, which is you yeah. know everyone's traveling at the same speed. You can dock. You're, that's when you're fighting other players. You're docking. You're doing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There is system space where you're traveling between between planets, and you essentially do a light uh, jump, a light speed jump, and now you're traveling between planets. But yeah. you're still controlling your ship and moving around. And then there's the hyperspace jump where you travel between stars, and that's essentially just a teleport. And that's that's something. And just watching the video, like that can't get old. That it, that whole jumping in hyperspace. The simulation. the hyperspace teleport between stars. Let me tell you, when you are you go into this kind of void where there's a definite sense of speed, but not really a sense of direction because you're kind of falling out of time. Yeah. Uh, at that point, but when you emerge and you just ex- you see a sun go from a microscopic pinpoint to taking up your entire screen, and then you're having to you know, pull up and, and turn away and you see the heat meter going up on your ship and all this kind of stuff. Uh, I imagine if you had a camera pointed at me every single time I go through one of those hyperspace jumps, you would see my pupils dilate. You would see sweat <laughs> start to pop out of the top of my head. You would see, I, it seriously feels, you know, I can feel the adrenaline, the dopamine, the, like my body is feeding drugs to me whenever I see that. It's, it's one of the, <laughs> one of the yeah, best, like no. just that, just moving between stars is one of the best experiences I've had in a video game because I'm a huge space nerd. Oh, me too. And like, just, and it, it's so, cause I've seen, I've seen like a video of that happening, but have it's you ever so seen, like, um, satisfying me not controlling it, but it yeah. is satisfying, but I'm like, I need to be doing. This. I even have a little, a little intake of breath whenever it happens. It's so great. <laughs> but have you ever seen Requiem for a Dream? The the like little montage they do whenever someone's taking heroin of the pupils dilating and someone doing coke off a mirror and all that kind of stuff. That's exactly never... what it feels like when I jump between stars. <laughs> I've seen scenes of that movie. But I've never seen the whole movie. Um, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. I know those scenes. Um, it sounds pretty intense. And you know, I I was trying, like I said, I was trying to wrap my head around this game. And I was trying to, because the issues, okay, because me, you know, you know, we're we're older, we're not teenagers, yeah. right? So gaming to us is, if you're like me, whenever you go into a game or looking at a game, it's hard not to be kind of skeptical, right? Or like, yeah, sure, here's the punchline. We're line, back to the time but, thing. Yeah, but where's the, uh, but where's the catch? This can't be as cool, you know. And I think with this game, potential negatives would probably be for some people, that there is no narrative or... Yeah, you're not really story. told what... You are not handed goals. You are yeah. kind of dropped into this world, and then you sort of have to make your own goals. You have to come up with what you want to do, what kind of... Uh, you know, you create your own experience very much in the sense and, that you decide, you know, what do you want to get out of this game? Do you want to space combat? Because you can definitely do that. Do you want to be uh, it to be just space truck simulator? 
yeah. which yeah. is basically what it's been for me. I've been doing nothing but trading, uh, and it's been fantastic. You know, that's it's kind of in a way because I mean we have so many different games we can play, but in a way that's kind of for me it's kind of refreshing because there's so many games now with like just a million collectibles and there's kind of a pressure to go here and do this thing that doesn't really matter. Big so blinking like things the, at the screen are like, yes. hey, you're supposed to do this. Did you know you're supposed yeah. to do this? Come over here. By the way, if you haven't done this yet, yeah, it's you know, and I think that's a very good. Uh, I think that's what that's the sense I got as far as you said, like uh, truck simulator, like the Euro truck simulator games. It's like that process of just the simulation, but way cooler because it's in space and you're not driving on a highway in an eighteen wheeler. Which I'm not saying I would enjoy that game. Yeah, it is that. It, it, it is, but again, even in Euro Truck Simulator, which I've played, I've also played Farming Simulator. <laughs> okay. But there, uh, that's, that's a whole you know, you level. load in and you have a mission. Your mission is just to drive across town in this bus, but you have a point A, point B mission. Yeah. Uh, Elite Dangerous is very much a game where I loaded it in and it's like you're in a spaceship. Congratulations. That's awesome. You know, and then you know what else it reminds me of? Nothing. You know, you know what else it reminds me of, though? And and I, I'm not a huge fan of this game because I, I've only ever played a little bit of it, but it's it's everywhere. It's unavoidable that it's in our faces at all times. But Minecraft. It kinda, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's Minecraft. It's, it's Spacecraft. Isn't it? Isn't it's, it, like it has that same world? sense of Minecraft of... You do not know, not only do you not know what's around the next corner, the people who made the game don't know what's around the next corner. So you very much stumble on to different things. Like very early on in the game, I, you know, there's no goal. No one says, go here, do this. Sure. So uh, at the beginning, I was like, well, I guess I want a better ship, so I should probably make money. And I know yeah. you can trade, so I just went to the nearest space station. I was like, okay, what can I buy super cheap? And then I flew over here to a different place now that I had a cargo hold full of this cheap stuff, but then it was even cheaper over there, so I couldn't make any money off of it. It's something you can do in the background. Like, I've been catching up, I've been catching up on television shows, binge watching Netflix, because it very much is like space truck simulator. If you have to drive across the country, what are you going to be doing? You know, it's if you had an autopilot, you would what? You'd prop up your phone, watch some Netflix while you wait for the next stop. It's and it's very zen like in that way. So it's kind of a strategic game at that point, but um, it's hard for me not to like buy this game tomorrow when I get paid because and I'll because well it, I, I I do have some reasons for you not yeah and to we buy and it. we can go over that but the reason I say it is is because if Eve the thing I love about Elite Dangerous so far from what you've told me is that there's no monthly fee and for an MMO that's just not that's that's kind of rare these days I assume now can you buy like can you buy stuff in this game, like skins for your ship? Can you buy ships? You can buy cosmetic things, but nothing. You can't buy uh, like a ship to make you better no. than the next guy, and it just kind of ruins the flow of the game. Um, which just doesn't really sound like a huge, hugely competitive game, but um, but you oh, know, oh, you are wrong there. Oh, really? It is called Elite Dangerous <laughs> for a reason. So take me. I'm a space trucker, essentially. I I move goods from place to place. But other people decide, oh, well, you know what I'm going to be? I'm going to be a pirate. And what do pirates do? They prey on space truckers. So sure. basically, I have to be ready. I've been blown up several times by other people and blown up other people myself. So you have to be prepared to defend yourself at the same time. So it's all about, for me, it's about finding a balance of how can I outfit my ship to carry a bunch of stuff really far, but also be able to, when I get into a dogfight, keep someone away from me long enough to recharge my engines and get out before they kill me yeah 
So there's that it's there's that zen like moment of oh it's going to take me 30 minutes to travel this trade route so I'm basically jumping between stars between stars but at any given I also have to pay attention because at any given moment some guy can jump in and try to you know try to snag my stuff try to snag my yeah, sweet sure. tea Um, I don't know. It's, there's there are restaurants here in Austin, Texas that sell that sell quesadillas without cheese. I'm like, it's 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 in it's in the name. It is like cheese is in the. I don't uh, whatever. SpongeBob SquarePants is the cartoon version of Pee Wee Herman. Mm, no, you don't think so? No, no, no I'm gonna that's call. Not a good... I watch a lot. I've watched a lot of SpongeBob, Kyle, and I. I, I don't think I. I don't too. think I, I can could get talk, behind I that could assessment. Talk. I could talk. SpongeBob didn't have talking furniture. Like people forget how nuts Pee Wee Herman really was. I remember that this show. Pee Wee's Playhouse is one of the craziest things that's ever been allowed on television. Ah, you said the magic word. Oh uh, my goodness! <laughs> Kyle, the toilet talks. Think about that. It, all I remember the toilet is, Morpheus, is sentient. All I remember is Morpheus uh, showing up as a cowboy. Lawrence Fishburg, or isn't that his name? Fishburg? Fishburg. Fishburg. <laughs> Lawrence, Lawrence Fishburg. He was in that show. He was. And, you know, Pee Wee Herman, I will say this. My cousin watched a lot more Pee Wee Herman than me. Uh, I, I was more of a Mr. Rogers kid, but I do remember watching a bit of Pee Wee Herman, and wow. That show was just... I feel like Pee Wee Herman and Mr. Rogers went about the getting the kids' attention in, in different ways. Like... Pee Wee Herman was like, I'll get your kid's attention with the whole what the F factor, right? And just like bright colors and loud noises. Yes, and talking furniture, just magical world of like, yeah, just tones and sounds just change sporadically, like completely random junk. Whereas Mr. Rogers is like, come sit down over here and let me show you how to shell some peas. (laughs) (laughs) Shell some peas? Yes, I saw an episode once where he was like, I'm just shelling peas here. No, I believe that because that's something I could see my grandmother showing me. But there would be something so fascinating. And I think Mr. Rogers, the, the thing that kept kids and Mr. like watching Mr. Rogers was had a lot to do with like the cinematography of it. it was like the camera angles and like it was the tone of course but like he could do the simplest thing and they would just there was something about the the, the switching of cameras or something that would just make Well they you would put the cameras down low so that you felt like you were a child sitting there yeah. with Mr. Rogers. Yeah, it, it there was something really I kind of appreciate that show that they they could do that and they kind of realized that that on on the back end of like we're filming this for kids and they really kind of put the whole because it was i don't think it was just him that would make a kid come sit down and 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 listen to what the heck i'm saying necessarily yeah there was a random trolley with puppets from time to time but the actual parts with him like where kids would just like sit down kind of get zoned in i kind of appreciate more than like Pee Wee herman where it's like this is just what uh what the f (laughs) yeah it's just a guy with greasy hair who this is what it's like if you saw a person on drugs. <laughs> yes. Like if, if you were walking down the street and you had a kid holding holding your kid's hand and you just saw somebody randomly on drugs running around, right? Like they would just sit there and stare at it. This like, is your it. brain on Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> yes, basically. Um, but yeah, so. There's a uh, sentient toilet. You poop in its mouth. 
Do you remember any of those characters' names from Pee Wee Herman? No, I don't, I don't remember. remember any of them. I just remember Lark's Large Bishop Marge Bishop. is the only one I remember. Large Marge? Yeah. Was that a couch? I think it was the couch. Wow. I didn't watch a lot of Pee Wee Herman. There's a lot of child's programming I missed out on just because I was like... You too, know, too busy playing your Commodore 64. Right? Yeah, I was too busy either dicking around on my computer, being a dope, or uh, like, you know, whenever I would watch TV, I wouldn't watch Pee Wee Herman. I would watch Nova or oh, yeah. National Geographic or something like that. Nova. And now we're back to space again. But that that really is, you know, that's why I talked about that game for over an hour is because I've had this like unhealthy obsession with space since I was a little kid. Hey, man, space is our generation's frontier. Either we go to the bottom of the ocean or we go out in space. That's our only options. We can't explore the world anymore. Yeah. So it's that's just I'm the same way. I think a lot of people in our generation are into space like that and uh, and, uh, and then like talking about the space thing again is like dude that's even if elite dangerous like there were some sucky things about it i would still be cool with it because it would just be a space sim i could play whenever i wanted at my own pace that doesn't exist anywhere else with modern graphics or anything the only space sim i ever got to play that now that isn't even available which was the best space sim in my opinion was uh, the Star Wars Galaxy's out on a jump to light speed, which it didn't do well, not because it wasn't great, because it was, actually it was. It's because it was tacked on to a really shitty game. And so, like, <laughs> most people couldn't get past the shit on the ground, which was still, if you're a Star Wars fan, like me and Brett are pretty big Star Wars fans, so we were able to push through. And it was also kind of our first MMO experience, so like that also kind of pushed us through it. But once we got into space, I mean, the space is kind of similar to elite dangerous as far as like you have to fit your ship and there was this the, the thing that this the star wars guys did have was there's a community right so like if i wanted to do my ship like several people could get into my ship i had a vt-49 decimator and so i had two turf <laughs> people that could get in i had to have a co-pilot to load different ships so that our reactors and our shields and our guns would balance so we wouldn't run out of power so you had to have four different people working that and to get the parts on the ship there had to be somebody in the community on some planet somewhere actually building this part, or I was not able to build get these parts for my ship. So like it was just kind of a complete community in that way that I've rarely seen any other game. And it's totally cool that Elite Dangerous doesn't have that, but there, but that's not even available anymore, right? And the Eve is a cost-based thing, so I'm stuck with Elite Dangerous. And it's not a bad thing to be stuck with. Dude, tea is a huge part of this game for me. By the way, I made I've made more money off of tea than anything else. That's crazy. What about the prostitute thing? Because I got the text message. (laughs) Two tons of prostitutes you're hauling. So, uh, live dead. So, um, (laughs) I was trading my tea, Mm -hmm. and the thing about tea is you get uh you find these industrial and refinery stations that uh. They did, basically, they're the ones that buy food, buy grain, buy coffee, buy fish, things like that. And I just figured out that by going to agricultural worlds and buying a bunch of tea and coffee, I can sell them at these refinery worlds. So I was trying to pick a refinery world that was kind of isolated and really far away from uh, all the other agricultural worlds. Because the less access they have to those goods, the more you can sell them for. Okay. And so I just was browsing through the market at this really, really remote refinery industrial refinery and i noticed that one of the items was highlighted in yellow and i i've i've you know been playing this game for 20 hours i've never seen an item highlighted yellow what's that all about and i looked at how many they had for sale and they only had five which is crazy because 
you know, I probably had 16 tons of coffee in my spaceship, and yeah. you know, you you normally see numbers like one million five hundred thousand of this item, not five. Yeah, sure. So I I bought it, uh, and it turned out to be, <laughs> it was like. Zinthian synthetic uh, pleasure robots was the the name of the item. <laughs> no. Uh, so basically, no way. F- fake prostitutes and um. You were you were you were. But I found you were out space that simulating truck driving sex dolls. You, yeah, basically, pretty much. So I found out that rare items, just because I would stop and check the price to see how much I could sell it for, the farther I got away from the station, that those rare items like exponentially increase in value uh, the farther away from where you bought them. Okay, so since it's highlighted in yellow, is that an indication like that's contraband, or they're like space? That's an indication that that it's rare. So it's just rare. It's are just there rare. are there like at, at the at the docks like space cops, NPC ships? Oh yeah, definitely. Will, you know, if you're most, not friendly to them, they'll knock you out or something. Most of the time, when you're hanging around a space station, you'll see at least one NPC NPC ship get blown away. Because as mm-hmm. you get close to the space station, the little uh, NPC police ships will scan your ship. Yeah. And if they find any illegal cargo, and here's the thing, illegal cargo changes from station to station. What uh-huh. they cons- So, you know, alcohol might be illegal in one place, and then gold is illegal in another for whatever reason. So you have to pay attention to that. Have you ever made a mistake that? Did you, like, show up to a station? I did, but I actually, I actually pulled something sneaky. I drove behind the station and dumped my cargo so that I could go in and refuel, and then I came back out and picked my cargo up again. Hey. That's also been my strategy when I get jumped by pirates is I always carry a little bit of something in a small cargo hold so that if I get jumped by pirates, I just dump it, just dump something cheap into the air and drive away. So while they're checking out to try and figure out what cargo I actually dumped, I'm gone. That's, That's a, a pretty good strategy. Strat- it doesn't yeah. always work, though. I would adopt that strategy. You're going to lose it all anyway, right, if you don't try to do that. Not always, because I've been stopped, and, you know, there I got stopped by someone. Because you can, that uh, middle ground between having real space where you're flying around and fighting and mm-hmm. the jumps between stars, the system space when you're traveling between planets, uh, as a pirate, you can buy a device that lets you pull people into normal space so that oh. you can fight them. And sometimes I get pulled out by other players and they're like, look, I can pretty, <laughs> I, it takes me about three seconds to kill your ship because I'm in this giant battle cruiser or whatever it is I have. Just dump your cargo or dump half your cargo, whatever. Give me something and I'll let you go. And, and so how does I, that translate? Is that text or are you going to Yeah, that's, t- that's just talking to somebody. Okay, okay. So they say, hey, dump your cargo and I'll let you go. And then we're cool. So I, I did that once. I, I got Highway it. robbery. Yeah, and basically, and that works out for them because if he attacks me, then he's his uh, bounty is going to go up. Sure. So, you know, more people are going to be hunting him if he actually attacks me. So if he can get me to dump my cargo without having to shoot me, well, that works out for both of us. Well, wow. no, it pretty much just works out for him, but he's yeah, it, <laughs> he's not going to be wanted. What is it? Does it cost you money if you lose your shit? Like, I mean, yes, it does. Don't you have to get insurance on it and stuff. Uh, or yeah, you got to get insurance on it. So basically, whenever your ship blows up, you have to pay ten percent of what your ship is worth. Yeah. Plus whatever add-ons. Like it doesn't fully give you the credit back for whatever extra stuff you've built on your ship. So. If I've bought a $100,000 ship and then put $50,000 worth of stuff on it, then buying it back is going to cost me $60,000. 
Ooh, that's scary, man. I mean, it is, is scary. Any... Like it is called Elite Dangerous for a reason. So I mean, typically by the time you're being charged that much for a blown up ship, though, you're able to make money pretty quickly. So you, you get dropped. Does everybody get dropped in the same area of the of the galaxy? Because I mean, you, you talk no, about you're uh, you're dropped in randomly to a different area. So to go from end to end would take you years, right? Like years you upon can't. years upon years. You like being go. all honestly going from one end of the Milky Way to the other is you just can't. Like I read, I think I read somewhere like it would take you seven hundred years. Yeah, like real time. Real time, and uh, I'm not gonna do that, Kyle. So, and you, okay, you know, when you're talking about this, and I think I was trying to talk about this earlier, but it, it, there are some things that remind me of Eve because whenever I played Eve, there, there are times where I treat Eve like as a space simulator because you can trade and do cargo, and there's more quest things. And here's the kicker, though. The, the reason that I'm so drawn to Elite Dangerous, just the price point of there's no monthly fee, because I think I would still have an Eve thing going on if there was no monthly fee, right? And even if it was just to kind of background play or to do the relaxing, like, I think I'm just going to do a trade today, and I'll be good. You know, that'll get me closer to buying a new ship or something. Because those kind of games... And that's that's Sound that's what awesome. it is for me. It's like, okay, I'm gonna, you know, doing this full circuit run trade run takes about an hour, so I'm just gonna hop in, and, go halfway in the next thirty minutes, and then hop out. Yeah, and here's my point: how many space sim MMOs are out there where you can do that without a monthly fee? And there essentially there's none but that, and you're telling me not to get the game, and I'm like, hey, what are you? Well, talking? yeah, I'm telling you I'm not to get, get the game. game. Because it's not, they're not finished building it. This was a Kickstarter game, which means about two years ago they launched a Kickstarter, got funded uh, a couple million dollars to build the game. So they built the game and they had a long, long beta where if you paid ahead, that I was not a part of, where if you paid ahead of time, you could kind of help them test the game before it came out. And now it's released, but still a lot of the things that they promised would be in it aren't. And a lot of that surrounds multiplayer aspects. Okay. So it's actually very difficult to pair up with another person and go exploring the galaxy, which is really what you want to do. They're gonna they they just released a big patch uh, earlier this week that changed that added a lot of things. Like previously, if you were trying to outfit your ship with different gear, you could not sort the gear, so it took you forever, and it was just a, a big menu full of nonsense. So there's wow. still very basic stuff like that that's not finished. And okay, so, um, so the big so multiplayer patches are going to be coming in uh, March, the first week of March. So I would actually encourage you to wait until then if you want to be playing with other people. So let me ask you this, though. So how does that look for – because, like, I say, like, okay, this game would be cool, right? This game would be cool to play. Jesse's playing it. He's kind of already established, and he is trading cargo. Can I come in alongside him and be kind of his bodyguard? Oh yeah, dump more money, dump more money into the gun stuff. But does the game facilitate us linking up? Can I create my character no. at you? If I'm started, if I'm started in a random place and it takes 700 years to get across the planet, oh, would I just well, have that's to keep the thing. You're gonna start over and over again. You're gonna start in a you. random Federation systems planet. So there's basically three major powers in this universe, and they are at yeah. war. Like, you stumble into actual war zones, and you can sign up to fight in the navy of one of these different factions and stuff like that. Yeah. And we haven't even gotten into the factions and reputation and all that kind of stuff that's in. If you care about that stuff, man, it's in here. Like, you can take over different parts of space for your wow. empire and things like that. But the uh, so it's just gonna it's gonna drop you near Earth, and by near Earth I mean somewhere within like three hundred light light years of Earth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Which in a ship that can only jump about eight light years is a big is a big space. So, but I'll be so able I'll, to find you basically. So I log on tonight, we could we could roll together. We could, but here is the problem. Okay. Let me go to the problem. Um so I can find you. We can both be outside of the same station, and that's all. All that is cool. So we're in real space together, in normal space, mm-hmm. and we can shoot each other, do whatever we want. But then, if you want to jump to the system space where you're moving between planets, yeah. Well, then you're just there's no way to sync that jump. So what we'll have to do is you say I'm going. I'm setting a target at this planet, and then I just set that same target for myself, and we both jump towards that prop that planet. But then okay. what if a pirate comes along and pulls you out of system space? And now you're in normal space fighting a pirate. Well, then I have to stop, pull myself back into normal space, look for you, figure out which you know which of the five contacts on my radar is where you are fighting this pirate. Okay. Hopefully guess the right one and jump into that space. So... There's no really I'm, way I'm to dead, say it to I'm keep dead us before together. before you get there, though, right? No, probably, probably not. No, it would take me probably, you know, a, a minute or so to figure out where you are, and you can very much keep yourself alive for that long. Dogfights so, can sometimes so last for like twenty minutes. So there's not a grouping system as far as like you always nope. have a green dot on your screen knowing where I am. Nope, all that's coming in March. Okay, so and that's the real part, downside to it at this point. Yeah, will there be team jumping though? Like, can we jump together? If I get pulled out, you get pulled out. Is that they have not the been very specific about that. Okay, which I don't know. I think uh, what they're going to do is they're not going to do team jumping. But what will most likely happen is that you know, if you and I they ha- they're having some, a party system called wings. So if you and I are in a wing and we're in the same planetary system. Mm-hmm. You can basically tap a button that I that sends out a signal I can lock onto and just easily jump to where you are. Okay. So we're not jumping together, but you can very easily give me a target to jump to instead of me having to guess. Yeah, that that makes it a lot better. Which right? I would actually prefer because that will add an element of drama to it. You know, like if yeah. one of us gets pulled off into a, a a a big fight, there's an element of how soon can I get there? It's kind of yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, I will nice. actually say you have the option of solo play which is not playing the massively multiplayer aspect of it. So you're still in the same world, a world that is being affected by other players, like the economy will will reflect who's buying what where and things like that, but you're not actually able to interact with any other players. And I had a particularly risky uh, cargo haul I wanted to do, so I said, well, I really need the money. I've blown up two or three times. I, I don't have the scratch to... Bu- like, if I blow up, I'm... It's restarting my character because I don't have enough money to buy a new ship if I die. Yeah. So I said, really put all the money I had into this. Because if you die, you lose your cargo. You know, you can rebuy your ship or whatever, but if you've bought $100,000 worth of cargo, that's gone. But let me ask you this. Is there a higher risk, higher reward? Like, is there a disadvantage for playing solo? The disadvantage is that it's not fun. If there's no if there's no possibility that another player like it's called elite dangerous for a reason. Sure, absolutely. If there's no chance of me being pulled out or so if there's no risk to what I'm doing, well then I'm just staring at a computer screen. Like it, there's no point to it. Yeah. Is what I'm but saying. You, so it kind of sucks take, the fun. You don't out. take a hit to the amount of money you'll make if you're in sing- single mode versus multiplayer no. mode. Okay. No. But you know, yeah, I understand if it's there's no fun. So I've risk. decided I'm never I'm I'm never gonna do that again. And well, thus shouldn't. far I've just, thus far I've stuck to that. Just play house design, I say. And okay, so I do have a big question, and this is this may be the biggest question mark I have about this game, um, about the game itself is uh, 
they say that exploration is a part of it, and I understand there's plenty to explore. And it's like Day-Z like, in space. Okay, so this is kind of like a two-part question, though. One would be, is every star have like every star you can go to does it have a space station no okay second question would be if i'm exploring what is the benefit of my finding something do i get paid you do get paid do I... okay so if i go to a place that no one and you get to, things named after you hey i might be an explorer yeah, being an explore uh, and actually just because of the sheer amount of stars there are on my yeah. on my travel routes, and these are pretty, you know, I run into other players a lot. There's a lot of people going through these systems every now and then, just because of the way the space GPS works out or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I jump into a system that no one's been to before. That's so cool. I I do my scans, I research it, and uh, I get a bunch of stuff named. I get a little tag next to it that says discovered by this guy. And uh, then I get to sell that information. So would you say the profit of that is comparable to a trade? No. It's so not really it's... comfortable to a trade. Uh, that's one of the things you have to do in volume. See, it's not comparable to a trade for me because on one trade route, I might run into one or two systems that no one's seen before. If you're being a true explorer and just setting out into nowhere, well, then when you come back, you're going to have seen... 60, 70, 80, 90 of these systems. And I've heard people coming back with like 20 million credits worth of exploration data, which is a lot. But can, but can you refuel? You can. Like, there is um, something you can buy for your ship called a fuel scoop that's kind of okay. hard to use because you have to fly close to stars in order to refuel your spaceship. But okay. also heat is something you have to worry about a lot in this game. So you have to get the fuel but not let your ship overheat, and that can take up, that can take up time balancing that. So is it, a, is it a matter of if I go explore, I do need to make sure I have a fuel, full fuel scoop? Or yeah. if you go exploring, you need a fuel scoop. Potentially, my character could just die and I'd be lost forever and have to re-roll another character. That happened to me. You don't re-roll another character, you just lose the ship. Okay, so basically, so they the way it'll start you um, back at a space station. It'll start you back at a space station, and what you keep is your money and um, your reputations and things like that. So if you have a certain standing with the Federation or the Alliance or whatever, they still know you. You still have the same character. But it's uh, if you're in one of the crappy starting ships, it doesn't really matter if you die, unless yeah. you have some really valuable cargo or something like that, because it's not that big of a deal. But um, if you're in one of the more expensive ships, it's like you're losing. Seven million dollars if if your ship goes. Gross. Yeah. Okay. Let me ask you this. I discover a star or a system. Later, will something could something be generated there? Could could that be populated later by like a space station? Or, yes. So that functionality is there. I discover it. So that so the world grows as we as the players discover it. It absolutely does, and uh, That's so there. So cool. And part of the update they put out this week was on some of these planets that have been explored. There, uh, the fiction in the game is that the government has decided to build a space station at this particular planet. So it's it's a planet with no space station. It's going to happen at planets that have like asteroid belts that can be mined or yeah. valuable stuff in the system. So they send out a mission to everyone in the game that's, hey, bring materials to this system to help build this space station. And if you're in like the top 20% of people who have brought materials to that space station, you get discounts there. If you're the top guy, it's named after you um, and all sorts of things like that. So they yeah, really yeah. are trying. And there's a lot of fiction 
to the game that I'm not really privy to. It's one of those things where the more time you spend with it, the more questions you have, which drives me crazy. <laughs> so I'm there sure. is actually, a, like, I pulled into a spaceport uh, at a system I was familiar with that I'd been using to transport silver and coffee, and I parked my little space, you know, my spaceship in the dock, and then uh, I got up to go downstairs and get something to eat and got some coffee and came back upstairs. And then when I left the space station, I was in a different system. The space stations, some oh. of them, very few of them have, well, you see, and I thought that was weird. So I got the name of the weird. space station and I hit the internet and I was like, Elite Dangerous, you know, Googled Elite Dangerous, name of the space station, what's going on? Turns out that space station is run by a robot bartender who's 400 years old. Like, there's all this fiction in there. What? And he, you know, has spent the last 300 years, like, buying spare spaceship drives and installing them on this station. So I just stumbled across this space station that has all this rich fiction that apparently is even from one of the elite games that came out in the 90s. Wow. Okay, so and I don't want to stay on this too long, but I discover a system, a space station is built from other players. Do I get some kind of royalty or 5% cut of everything that goes through that station since I founded it? No, you don't. You get discounts okay. at that station and stuff like that. Okay, if you're well, the number one guy who brought materials, it's named after you, but... I don't know um, if there's any passive income. But like it may be yes. uh it may be that space station that that new space station that just got built may be orbiting uh a planet called Kyle Mathis 2. <laughs> well, it's because Kyle be because Kyle game. Mathis 1 was a gas giant uh and was not worth building a space station around, but Kyle Mathis 2 is around an agricultural world. Well, I probably wouldn't call my character Kyle Mathis, but <laughs> I will say this. I'm going to get this game. How, you, how are you how can you tell me no? You can't tell me no. Well, I, I didn't want to tell you no. I, I was telling you to wait so we could have this discussion because there's yeah. a lot of stuff in there that if, you know, if playing together with another person is really important for you, well, waiting a month. Like, you're going to buy the game, you're going to spend 20 hours, in, and then you're going to get tired of it and never come back. No, 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 no. Because here's the deal. If it's a space sim that continues to be updated and doesn't have a monthly fee, I'll always come back to it at some point because there and are there, no other here's space the thing, sims the, out there. The dog fighting, the space why. fighting is really, really good. And that so, was one I mean, thing how, like how I could never get into Eve because Eve was just like point your spaceship at a star and hit a button. I know, yeah, and that's that's not as fun. I like the whole cockpit kind of fighter feel a lot better. And, and that's another thing. Uh, you know, this game was made basically built for the Oculus Rift, and I may get one one day, but I'm even yeah. satisfied with with just this, the things they do to give you a sense of place within the the cockpit, like the way your field of vision shakes yeah. uh, independently of the cockpit you're sitting in, the way you can see scratches on your canopy or cracks in the canopy if you're in combat, unfortunately. I had my, canop my canopy be shot out of my ship during combat. Oh, wow. It was terrifying. I was thinking about my space obsession 
the other day because we were sitting around the office. You know, people come up with dumb things to talk about when you're sitting around the office. And one was like, well, what would you do if you won the lottery? Because that's just what, <laughs> like, if two people who know each other, eventually at some point, the conversation, what do you do if you, what would you do if you won the lottery comes up? And my answer was like, I would pretty much, I would probably go back to school and study physics and uh like see if like find some way to create some sort of a slush fund to like okay you know i've i've got 600 million dollars or whatever mm-hmm. that money is just going to make like you reach a point where money just makes more money you just kind of yeah. put it in the right place and then you magically that, yeah, get more money it. that's it yeah money makes money if you just invest it you're going to get dividends returns that's, that's easy to do yeah so with that much money you could expect to get you know a turnaround like okay you know i'm making 60 million dollars a year or whatever off of just existing yeah. like why not just find the 16 best scientists on the planet and pay them all a million dollars a year to like come up with something like let's get on this let's solve these huge giant physical problems because uh you know i really think money is at the heart of that you know not in the sense of oh we're gonna build something to take us to mars or we're gonna build something you know not an investment to profit off of in the future but like create a slush fund all the patents that come out of it are going to be open sourced and just like get these problems solved and that would yeah. be that 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 would be a real that's a real fantasy of mine is like find a way to make it you know economical to just have a bunch of really smart people try to solve these problems. Do you think you would be held back by government? Well, no, not not at all because I'm I'm not even talking about actually building anything. I am saying put the smartest people you can find in a room and make them come up with something. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Do you think they'd stay motivated though, like? Even with the motivation of like, hey, guess what? These problems might not be solved until all of us are dead. But let's get the ball rolling. Like, let's start it. Let's create this foundation that will keep it moving, keep it going. Because I think uh, a lot of the most complicated problems we have are not something that can be solved in a generation. Sure. Like, we're kind of past the point where one guy can sit down for a really long time and, and, you know, figure out (laughs) what, yeah, figure out how black holes work. Like, we are at a point where, you know, it's going to take these multiple generations of continuing research to figure all this stuff out. And I want to incentivize that, basically. I want to give someone a reason to work for my foundation instead of working for SpaceX, who just wants to bring supplies to the space shuttle like you know (laughs) they want to make a living spacex is going to pay them a million dollars a year or whatever so i want to give i want to be able to compete with the commercial entities sure and i think that would be an awesome thing to do and hey jesse if if the edifice gets picked up by somebody (laughs) as the next harry potter maybe that's something we could do but that's a pipe dream I think it's noble, and I think that would be a great thing to do. And And that really would be my answer. To be honest, that's my second answer to what would you do if you won the lottery, and my first answer is go to sleep. Me too. (laughs) I'd be like... I'd be like, finally, finally, I can just sleep as much as I want, no alarms, just like go to sleep and wake up whenever my cat gets tired of sitting on top of me. You know... What's sad about the lottery is like if you think about or just getting a bunch of money in general. Like I've thought about before, and I'm sure you have like the step by step process of how that works. And it's not a fun time for me. Like in my head, I'm like, if I did win the lottery for whatever reason, 
like setting that up and putting that money in place. Like, yeah, you're rich, but there's a big process of like working out the legal stuff, figuring out the family ties and who would kind of get what before you could even get to the space thing, right? Yeah. <clears throat> because for me, I feel like there'd be so many hoops I'd have to jump through to figure out uh, what to do. Because, I mean, maybe Luzvik would have an opinion about the space thing and be like, no. Well, Luzvik like, didn't win the lottery. I did. <laughs> there you go. Well, she won you... the lottery when she married me, Kyle. <laughs> That's how that works. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, <laughs> you selfish son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I have to mark that. All right, everyone, that's the end of our show. Thank you for listening. We want to thank Kyle Mathis for joining us. You can check out his book on the Kindle store. It's called The Edifice. And join us next time for significantly less elite dangerous talk. Bye. And it it takes you, whoa, it takes you a while. Uh, sorry, I'm actually playing the game right now, and I jumped in, and I almost... Oh, God. I did, I did a, a hyperspace jump, and I almost crashed into the butt end of a space station. Podcast. Oh, my God. You can't podcast anything. Oh, God, that's why I'm trying to... I'm trying to... My, I have a very valuable cargo, Kyle, and I'm trying to make my way into a port so I don't get pirated. So but, this is um, the problem for you. you can't no, even... it really is. I can't put it down. <laughs>